Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mainlining Movies. I'm your host Hayden, with my co-host Nathan. Say hello. Hey guys. Oh my goodness, it feels so good to actually be recording again. It really does, if we're being honest. Like I, I know you said you were like, oh man, I feel like I'm being annoying about this because like I'm so excited to do it again, and like here I am, like ah man, I feel so good to be back. <laughs> it's only been like a week. It has only been a week, and uh, you've it been feels you've like been because we've been mainlining movies. You've been jonesing to get into it again. Exactly. That that's that's why we're that's why we called it mainlining movies, where we're brought to you by my fanny pack. I'm not gonna say the name of the brand because we're not sponsored, but we're brought to you by my fanny pack, so you're welcome. It's uh, actually really cool. I do own one. I just bought it not that long ago. Um, it's got all kinds of like uh, comic book saying, like you know, the boom, pow. Kachow, Kachiga. Why does this not surprise me? Why does this not surprise me? So, okay. Uh, long story short, this is not about movies. This is just, this is just a side change in here. Um, but I bought one because I've noticed that like two to three pairs of my shorts don't have any pockets at all because they're specifically like athletic shorts. And then a couple pairs of my joggers don't have a back pocket. They just have two front pockets. And as, as a guy, I'm sure you understand having your wallet in your front pocket. First of all, it creates a bulging look and it makes me very uncomfortable because like it hurts. Like whenever, whenever I do something, because like in joggers, they're meant to be like sweatpants, but like they're cuffed at the bottom and they're just like sleeker looking, but like my wallet's too big for like the small pockets they give you. And so like, in a constant, like I almost get like fucking rug burn, you know, I start chafing where my wallet's at. So I was like fanny pack it is. Well, you know, fanny packs have made a comeback. I've noticed a lot of people uh, wearing them again. Kind of, kind of weird. Not sure why, but uh, not the fashion statement that I would ever make. But hey, teach their own. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's cool. So, why don't we talk about what we're talking about this week? So, as you guys know, last week we talked about slasher films. Um, and we're still in the horror genre of movies, and we're still going to go through the subcategories. Um, and this week, Nathan, you want to tell us what we're talking about? Yeah, so this week we're going to do uh, horror comedies. Um, originally, our plan was to to do monster films, um, and uh, we had a slight disagreement on what we should categorize as monster films. Um, so we decided to put monster films on hold and do, uh, do our favorite and best horror comedy. Um, basically a a horror comedy is, it's a movie that, uh, while made to be scary, um, in, in some respects, it's also made to make you laugh and kind of be over the top. Um, horror movies in general, uh, have a, have kind of a campiness to them anyway. It's just, it's just kind of the nature of the movie. Um, but these, these movies, horror comedies um, tend to go over the top and just try to be uh, as campy or cheesy as, as possible. Um, so that's going to be our topic tonight. And I will say this, here's a great horror comedy that I feel like should be an honorable mention just right off the top. Right off the top, because I didn't even think of it until just now. When you, as soon as you said "over the top," um, and you can, you could stop me. Just 
my, dead alive. Like that, it just crossed my, like, as soon as you said over the top, I was like, dead alive. Like I could have freaking chosen that. Have you I, ever seen that movie? I I have. It's been a while. So this, when, when you said over the top, the scene that reminded me of dead alive, which also it's also known as brain dead. Um, for those of you in the UK and uh, elsewhere. Um, so here it's called dead alive and it's, it's in, interesting fact about it. It was one of Peter Jackson's first film, if not his first film. Um, and he, he was actually in the movie as well, but like, you said over the top, and I just got reminded of the scene where he picks up the lawnmower and he starts it and he's running through those zombies with the lawnmower. And it's like hyper unrealistic because he would have lost his fingers in that. The way he was <laughs> holding it. Like, it was ridiculous. But that also could fall into the gore category, uh, which, you know, not to foreshadow or anything, but that could be coming very soon. Uh, but uh, how we're going to do this is Nathan's going to kick us off with his favorite horror comedy. And he's going to go into a couple of things about uh, his his favorite horror comedy, such as like, you know, like, what's the best line in the movie? Um, and, you know, kind of like a, a, a side tangent of the best line, like what's the best scene in your movie? And the best line can be from that best scene, but like, you know, just paint a perfect picture for me. And is there like an actual genuinely scary moment in the film that you're like, okay, yeah, like, that could be a horror comedy uh, because there are some horror comedies that are more or less playing on the trope of, and we'll get into this in a little bit. Um, it's all funny to us, but for the characters, it's an actual like horrific thing happening. Um, so like, is there a genuinely scary moment in the film itself? Um, also what sets it apart from all the other horror comedies? Cause a lot, a lot of films, and directors have tried to do this before, and it's not that they failed, and it's also not that they succeeded. It's just not exactly. Uh, it wasn't a standout film, and so another thing is like in in its particular setting, like would you survive? Could you take the villain or villains or whatever? And obviously, as always, what would you change about the film? Uh, and then I'll give my favorite, then he'll give his best, and then I'll give my best. And then we'll have a little bit of banter at the end, some closing remarks. And uh, I believe you've got a very pressing, pressing question that you have to get to. You didn't say anything about it earlier today, but you did allude to it. So uh, if you want to kick us off, Nathan, what is your favorite horror comedy? Yeah, so... Um... I think I told you this as we were we were planning the episode, but I think my favorite uh, might shock you a little bit because it's actually a newer movie, um, and it's also uh, it was a Netflix original. Um, okay, but this movie going with this movie just I don't know it just it hit me just right, and I think it has the. A, a really good level of of scary and and comedy to it, um, and that movie is The Babysitter. Have I you knew seen it. This? I have. As soon as it's <laughs> a Netflix movie, I was like, I know what he's going with. First of all, let me just say the Samara Weaving. She's amazing in anything that she's in, and that woman can scream. Right. So, for those of you who may not know, um, Samara Weaving just did a. She's probably most famously known for. Um, a movie she just recently did, uh, Ready or Not, um, which could also be a horror comedy. Um, I, I think it's a little more 
maybe dark comedy than, than horror. I, I don't know. Um, cause it, it's kind of like you said, like it's, it's scary for the characters while it's, it's very, um, funny and campy. At least it was for me. Yeah. Um, uh, when I saw it in theaters, uh, but, but great, great movie. Um, the move, this, this movie, the babysitter, it also has Judah Lewis, who, uh, is kind of an up and coming. Um, he's been in a couple Netflix films. Um, if anybody's seen, uh, the Santa Chronicles, I think it's what it's called. Uh, which is kind of a fun family friendly movie. Um, he, he's in that he plays the, the older brother, uh, in that movie where, uh, Santa Claus is played by Kurt Russell. Um, however, <laughs> however, this, this episode is not about Santa Claus movies. Um, but I do recommend that movie. If you have kids who still believe in Santa, uh, just kidding. Santa's real for all of you guys listening. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, the babysitter. So basically the premise of the movie is, uh, Judah Lewis who plays, uh, Cole is a junior hire who has overprotective parents. Um, and so they decide that he still needs a babysitter while he, they are going out of town for the weekend. And uh, his best friend dares him to, to stay up past his bedtime because uh, she thinks they're just doing all kinds of crazy things. Uh, after he goes to bed, um, such as, you know, things that teenage people do in situations where there's no adults. Um, not going to go into detail. When a uh, man loves a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just let you guys use your imagination. Anyway, so, so Cole stays up past his bedtime and turns out they're not doing anything like anybody would imagine, they are actually part of a cult and they need to uh, get the blood of a virgin in order to become immortal. Um, so Cole witnesses them kill this nerdy kid and that's when the uh, the terror really begins. Um, I I think that the the moment when uh, Cole witness witnesses his babysitter uh, kill the nerdy kid. I, I can't remember the kid's name right off the the top of my head right now, um, but uh, I, I think that's probably um, the most genuinely scary moment of the movie. Um, one, it, it it kicks it off. Um, it's really where where the movie just picks up and, and starts going. But uh, I, I think that the, the acting in that scene is uh, is certainly it makes you makes you believe it's real, it makes you believe that he actually just witnessed his babysitter murder this kid. Um, it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely kind of a kind of a dark scene. Um, but but again, the the deaths are so over the top in this movie, which is where, where it becomes a comedy um, from, from a guy uh, falling over the banister of the stairs and being stabbed through the neck with a, uh, some kind of glass ornament. Um, <laughs> uh, a guy 
hanging himself because he falls off a rope because he has egg yolk on his hands. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give the whole movie away, but but that's just kind of kind of messed up. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's it's very over the top, very very gory. Um, from the from the scene when um, they they stab the kid in the head and and they're trying to get the blood out into the cup and the the blood's not coming and uh, they, they press on it and the the one kid gets uh, gets covered in blood and just like it's so ridiculous but it's so great at the same time because first of all nobody truly bleeds like that. Um, except in horror movies, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's yeah, it's just it's just great. Um, I think if I'm gonna say the best line in the movie is probably uh, when the babysitter and her group of friends they they find out that that Cole's awake and they he passes out and they have him tied to a chair and he comes to and the, the token jock of the movie in this, in this group of, of this cult, uh, he's standing there without a, he's standing there without a shirt on and Cole is like, why is he shirtless? (laughs) They're like, that's your first question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know why, but the the line in the movie it just it strikes me as as very funny, um, because I I got to be honest with you, I think that might have been my first reaction too. Like, okay, I just saw you kill this guy. Now you're standing here without a shirt on. Like, I don't know for real. What are you doing? Um, uh, but but yeah. From uh, from that point on, Cole has to uh, to fight for his survival, and uh, like I said, I don't want to give too much of the movie away. I'd, I'd like people to to see it, um, but I, I definitely think that this has become uh, my new favorite horror comedy. In fact, the first time that I discovered the movie, I actually watched it twice in the same night uh, because, well. I was mainlining this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Plug. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll I'll try not to do that. That was a little corny, but uh, no, we're we're mainlining movies every day. That's why we were, we are mainlining Jones movies every day. Jones and to get this recorded again. <laughs> um. Oh, by the way, I should let everybody know since we're talking about that. It's been a week uh, since we recorded. Um, we are going to try to have new episodes every Thursday. Uh, we will do our best to do that as our schedule allows. Um, no later than Friday or Saturday of every week, we're, we're hoping. But we are going to try to get uh, get every Thursday. Um, also, our Facebook page is up. If you just go to facebook.com slash mainliningmovies, um, you guys can hit us up on there. Um, and we're going to post the link to, to our first two episodes uh, on there. You guys can uh, leave comments. Let us know if there's something you want us to talk about. Let us know if we suck. Let us know if you think we're awesome. Uh, I vote for the latter. But, uh, yeah, just 
anything you guys want to want to let us know, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Love to get your ideas, uh, and uh, maybe we'll we'll take your suggestion and do an episode based on a movie that you suggest. Maybe a movie you think is you know is the best or your favorite. Um, we just love to hear from you guys. Absolutely, and tell us why we're wrong. That's what I want. I want you to tell us why we're wrong. So maybe yeah. your comment might get featured in the show and we tell you why we're right. Exactly. Exactly. Like we just, we want, we enjoy having conversation with each other, uh, talking about movies. And we'd, we'd love to hear from, from anybody who, who might listen to this and uh, have a suggestion. We'd love to have conversation with you guys too. Uh, even though we may not be able to talk to you face to face or even on the podcast um we can we can talk to you via facebook and uh any feedback is is good for us positive negative we just we want to hear it all and uh you know if there's anything that we can do to make this show better we we'd like to get better we'd love to continue doing it um i know this is only episode two but uh we'd like to keep it keep it going for a while and uh i think there's plenty of movies plenty of uh Plenty of things to talk about. Plenty of movies to mainline. I said I wouldn't do it, and I did it again within five minutes. <laughs> not, not even that. <laughs> uh, uh, did I, uh, did I miss anything in talking about? Oh, what, what would, would you make the movie it? better? Yeah, yeah. I see. I got, I got sidetracked, and uh, change the Star Trek references to Star Wars references, and you get a perfect movie. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's that's uh, it. <laughs> uh, yeah um i i don't have time to go down that rabbit trail uh anyway um i i think the one thing that i i would change about this movie um is it it would have been a little bit i, I don't want to give too much away but i think that they didn't do a good enough job of, of having Cole have to fight for his life. Um, it kind of goes quickly through each character. Uh, I, I don't know if you agree or not, but um, I, I think it just... The movie moves a little too quickly. And I know, you know, a movie can't be 10 hours long or, you know, it, it's not supposed to be realistic, but... Um, but yeah, I think they could have just, uh, you know, ma- made it a made it a little more difficult and given given Cole a little bit more of a chance to to fight because he kind of breaks out of his shell as the the nerdy kid, um, you know, with overprotective parents to the the he has to be the hero of the movie, and uh, I think they just transitioned that a little too a little too quickly. Uh, what do what do you think? So I will say I I disagree only because of one thing. Just because of one thing. Uh, I know what you're saying in terms of uh, like what you mean and how you mean. The, my, I, it's, it's really hard to get into without giving it away because this is a movie that people do need to see. Um, and in my opinion, mine is also a movie that people just need to see 100%. But without giving anything away, I feel like that was part of the comical effect, how fast it goes through each character. 
and like how like how things end up the way that they do for each individual one if that makes sense like i feel like they did it purposefully to be comical if that makes right, no, sense no i i get what you're saying and and that could be that could be um it, you know but i do agree they should they should have made each one a little uh, a little longer just it's it's hard because you don't want to have a movie that's actually a tv show right. but but then you don't want to have a movie that's so short it's like what was even the point right. uh but no i i understand i like, guess maybe just an extra like 45 seconds to a minute per yeah. person and you would have had maybe a maybe a 2 hour I movie i guess what i'm saying that, is the movie was so good i wanted more of it if, if, which there's a second one have you seen the I second one i have seen the second one i didn't I didn't like the second one as well as the first one, uh, although I still really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't think it was quite as um, – I don't know what the word I'm li- – what, what I want to say. I, I didn't think it was – I thought they went a little more comedy with the second one than than mm-hmm. horror. Um, but I still really enjoyed it, and I, I thought it – I'm glad they did a sequel because I think it was a movie that deserved a sequel and it makes sense that they did a sequel. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad they did um, a second one. And uh, the second one, by the way, is called uh, the babysitter killer queen uh, for anybody who, who wants to look it up on, on Netflix. Um, I highly, highly recommend this movie. And these, these are Netflix originals as well. Yes. Yes. It is a Netflix original. Um, which so so there's some money behind yeah, it, which uh, which is kind of why I said it might surprise you that it's that it is my favorite, uh, just because it's it's not one that wasn't this big budget movie that was that was thrown out there for all to see. I kind of had to discover it um, while you know scrolling through Netflix while my kids were taking naps. <laughs> The joys of being a parent, am I right? I mean, I I don't know because I don't have kids, but still, I mean, I understand. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what. Uh, if I'm not watching Disney Plus, and I alluded to this last week, if I'm not watching Disney Plus, there's there's three things that are going on. One, uh, my kids are taking a nap. Uh, two, my kids haven't gotten up for the day. Or three, I'm already in bed asleep. That's the that's the only three reasons that uh, I'm not watching Disney Plus. I guess four if you consider the fact that I'm at work for the day. Um, but, yeah, I was going to say you work. But <laughs> those are the three reasons if I'm at home that Disney Plus is not on the TV. So, uh, oh, by the way, I do think, unlike last week talking about slasher films, I do think I could have survived this situation. Um, mainly because i'm too old to need a babysitter and that's yeah like that's like that's it. like that's it like you're saved you you would be the babysitter in this situation exactly exactly so i don't know if that if that counts as surviving it or not um you bypass i it. I, I do bypass it although if Samara Weaving ever wants to come over and no, I'm not going to say that because my wife listens to this. I love you, babe. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's move. Let's, so we've got the babysitter. <laughs> let's move on. 
um, before I get in serious, serious trouble. Um, so uh, what do you think or what is your favorite horror comedy? So my favorite horror comedy is actually a little movie that um, a lot of people might not have heard of. Which is, it's, I say that, and I'm going to be completely contradictory with the, with the next thing that I say. So, a lot of people have not really heard of this film. However, however, every time I ask somebody, hey, have you seen this movie? They're like, yeah. But then, like, you look up online, like, if anybody's really seen it. And, like, it's, it's always under the category of, like, most, like, the best uh, least known movies of all time. Um, and it is actually a movie titled Tucker and Dale versus evil. Now, have you ever seen this film? I have to be honest. I have almost watched it a couple times, but I, I, I actually have not seen this film yet. Okay. All right. So let me give you, uh, a rundown. So this is the the very, very, very short synopsis, okay? Uh, Affable hillbillies, Tucker and Dale, are on a vacation at their dilapidated mountain cabin when they are mistaken for murderers by a group of preppy college students. So this movie uh, was written by Eli Craig and Morgan Jurgensen. Yes, that's their name. Um, And it was directed by Eli Craig. Uh, It was actually released very, very, very limited like super limited release, um, December 9th, 2010. Uh, just, just to show you like how limited the box office was, uh, it's initial release, um, across the U S after it's super limited release was October 2nd of 2011. And it only made $52,843. Like it was very limited. Um, it stars Tyler Labine as Dale Alan Tudyk as Tucker. Um, and it also stars uh, Katrina Bowden as the main female Allison, and then Jesse Moss as like the main antagonist Chad, because uh, you know that's that's what it is. Like you're being a Chad, um, <laughs> super so, college guy name. Yeah, literally. And so, uh, so the synopsis of the movie again, uh, you have Tucker and Dale. They're like these really two. There's these. They're just really. They they really are just lovable hillbillies. Uh, that are going to go to their vacation home, their best friends. And their vacation home is a really, really crappy, beat-to-hell little shack in the middle of the woods that they purchase so they can fix it up. Uh, and to kind of run through the movie without giving a whole lot away, uh, they first see the college kids at a gas station, and it's, of course, the classic movie horror movie trope. Like, there's... Some rednecks at a gas station that turn out to be the killers later, or <laughs> there's some crazy guy at a gas station that like you should probably take his advice. Just the classic stupid thing like that that they use way too many times over and over and over. Only Tucker and Dale are like super innocent, but like everything that they're doing is coming off like they're crazy. Like there's a part where <laughs> uh, the college kids are talking to uh, Tucker and which is played by Alan Tudyk, which if you don't know who Alan Tudyk is, he's Pirate Steve from uh, Dodgeball. He's also the voice of K2SO um, in Rogue One. And he also has a new show out. Um, gosh, it's... Uh, my goodness. It's... um, 
you've seen it. You you told me to you told me about it and to watch it. Uh, like it's literally he's an alien. Yeah, it's, uh, the resident alien or alien resident. I think is yeah, what resident it is. alien. That's yeah. what it is. And he's the main character in that. So for the people who don't know, um, who Alan Tudyk is, that's that's it. He you've seen him everywhere. Once you see his face, you'll know who he is. Um, he's talking to the college kids, and he's just literally being honest and they're taking it every which way uh, but the right way which every which way but loose side tangent great movie uh there's a monkey in it anyhow <laughs> and of course dale turns around and these college kids that are suspicious that uh these two are murderous hillbillies turns around with a scythe in his hand the grim reaper thing uh and he just looks menacing and they're terrified of him anyhow some things go awry uh and they end up with Allison, who they thought was knocked out uh, and in the water, which she was, and they picked her up because she was going to drown. And there's a line. It's not my favorite line. I'll get to that in just a second. There's a line where Tucker stands up and he's like, hey, we got your friend. And the college kids are freaking out. They're like, oh, my gosh, they've got her. They're going to kill her. We got to save her. And then Dale, of course, stands up and he's pointing to her and holding her body like it's just flopping around like it's weekend at Bernie's or something. And <laughs> he's like, hey, college kids, we got your friend. But like they're freaking out, thinking like, hey, we've got your friend. We're going to kill her. But no, like they're just trying to nurse her back to health because like she was knocked unconscious by an oar in the water. Um, anyway, they get mistaken for these murderous beings uh, and these terrible hillbillies. And it's amazing. If you like, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, there's a couple of lines I'm going to go over here, which the lines are a little spoilerific, but you're not going to understand if you don't uh, you don't know exactly like what it's about. But it goes awry and it's phenomenal. You guys have got to watch this film. Uh, it is literally my favorite horror comedy of all time. I was debating at putting this at the best horror comedy of all time. And my favorite. Like, it's it's that good. There's one movie I think just beats it out by a little bit, but it really is that good. You guys have got to see this film. See, now, now I'm, I'm definitely going to have to check it out because I've, uh, I'm pretty sure that one's on Netflix, too. Uh, it is, yes. And so I'm definitely going to have to check it out now. Like, I've, I've almost watched it a couple different times um, for various reasons. I've passed it up, but I will definitely be checking it out now. Yeah, it's I, I I implore anyone and everyone uh, with any type of account, Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. I'm pretty sure it's on like all of those just to watch this movie. It is so good. You will be laughing so hard you cry. And it is a gory. It is a gory film. It's almost gory for comedic sake, but it's so good. Um, so I have I have a favorite line and I also have. Uh, a favorite uh, scene which contains like my second favorite line so my favorite line is actually a, a conversation uh, and the conversation is between Tucker and Dale and Tucker says alright I know what this is and Dale's like what is it and Tucker says this is a suicide pact and Dale says it's a what and he's like these kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods <laughs> And Dale's like, my God, that makes so much sense. But, like, that's not what's going on at all. Like, at all. And then my favorite scene in the film is uh, something happens, you know, and then, and then, and then. Um, a, a sheriff just so happens to come to the property because he's called. And Tucker is looking at the sheriff. And he 
at this at this point in the movie, he's just covered in blood, just talking to the sheriff. So like it already looks so bad. Um, and he says, like, he goes, Oh, Heidi Ho, shit, officer. Uh, we've had a doozy of a day. Uh, there we were, minding our own business, just doing chores around the house, when these kids started killing themselves all over my property. Like, it's so <laughs> it, it's, it's it's so good the, it, because the sheriff is obviously like, and the kids are with the like the college kids are with the sheriff, and they're like, no, don't no, listen. It's like it's oh my, people, you, this is a movie that you have to see. Like, I can talk about this movie all day because of how funny it is. Like, it. I keep saying like, and it's so good, but just, you have to take my word for it. This film is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and there is a genuinely scary moment in the film. So it's near the end of the movie and it's very reminiscent of the scene from Return of the Living Dead. Have you ever seen that movie? Which that also is a great option for horror comedies. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so you know the scene um, where, uh, oh my gosh, is his name Billy or Bobby? The the boy that gets turned um, into a a zombie. You know, honestly, I can't remember. It, it's been a little bit since I've watched that movie. Um, we'll just we'll just call him Boy B. Boy B. Um, <laughs> gosh, it's gonna bother me now. But I know that Ernie is his is is the Freddy. It's Freddy. The boy Freddy is down below. Wow, we and, were way uh, off. Yeah, and Ernie is with Tina, and Freddy's down below, and he's like, "Tina, I can smell you," and he busts through the door at the very end of the film when the nuke drops. It's very reminiscent of that, and as a kid, that terrified me. So when you get a scene. Uh, that happens, and it, it it is actually scary because at this point in the film, the comedy has kind of fizzled, and then it starts to get a little scary. Um, but it also does have another one of my one of my favorite moments in the film. Dale is actually with Allison, and uh, he is sitting there, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like looking through all this stuff, and he goes trying to find something sharp, and he grabs a a, a plastic wiffle bat. He goes, so I can stab him. And he starts jabbing it into nothing. And he just quickly tosses it behind him. Like, it's so good. But it's it's actually that moment. They're actually up top. And they're, they're somewhere. And, and uh, someone, uh, I won't say, like, just comes bursting through. And again, it's very reminiscent of that scene where Freddie bursts through um, where Ernie and Tina are up top. And it's so good. It it really is such a great movie. Um now, I, I, what sets it apart from all the others is it's a movie that is filled with gore for gore's sake. There's, uh, they're like Tucker and Dale are so pure of heart, um, and they they really don't do a whole lot of cussing at all in this film. Uh, this film actually garners an R rating because of the gore, um, and the only people that cuss a, real, a whole lot is the college kids. Which you know, surprise, surprise, college kids cuss. That's what they do. Right, but. With Tucker and Dale being the main focus of the film, you don't really notice a lot of the cuss words. Um, and what sets it apart, really, in my opinion, is the movie is just so funny. Like, it really is just so funny that it's almost purely a comedy. Until, of course, you get all this gore involved 
And then near the end of the film, when, when a lot of the horror takes the front seat and the comedy is like, all right, I've, I've driven enough. I'm going to go ahead and rest in the back seat for a minute. Uh, but it still can be a little bit of a backseat driver. Cause like I said, there's a couple funny lines here and there when the horror kicks in and it really does kick in within the last 10, 15 minutes of the film, but don't let that deter you. It really is one of the greatest horror comedies of all time because the whole movie, as I explained earlier, is hilarious. But for the characters themselves, it's terrifying. Uh, both Tucker and Dale are terrified of the situation that they're in and vice versa. The college kids are terrified of the situation that they're in. But it's also a movie with a great message. Never judge a book by its cover. Ever. Um, and you just, you have to see this film. Well, you definitely got me convinced that uh, I'm going to have to watch it. I, I'm going to stop passing it up on Netflix. You have like you have to. Whenever Disney Plus is off, turn that. I will definitely around. watch it's it. So good. Um, I will probably watch it tomorrow at some point in time. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it tonight, um, but I, I will definitely watch it uh, sometime tomorrow. No, I will say once we're done with horror, once we're completely done with horror and its subcategories, and before we get to the next genre, which I would love to do comedy next. Uh, just you know, a little foreshadowing for you people, but we'll discuss that. We might do comedy, <laughs> we might do Marvel films, we might do Star Wars films, we might do Disney films. You Don't give all our secrets away. <laughs> um, we got a lot more up our sleeve, but I would love to do a whole episode once we're done with the entirety of horror and go back and revisit these. Not, not you know, an episode for each one because then you guys would get tired. Oh, they're talking about the same thing. No, like I'm writing everybody's. I'm writing. Oh, everybody my and nathan's answered down what we think is the best what is our favorites i'd like to go back and revisit like hey does that still hold up is that still your favorite if if yes great if not why just a little mini sode if you know per se because who knows nathan might watch this and be like you know what i think i have a new favorite horror comedy so it's, <laughs> it's very possible it's very possible i'm uh i'm easily persuaded just ask my wife she'll tell you <laughs> so i will say when it comes to the setting of this film and like the villain and whatnot what i survive absolutely because i would be more inclined to uh, well i can't even say like i'd be more inclined to join this person or that but like i can't even say that but because i don't i really don't want to give it away but i think i would absolutely survive this like i i think in this situation you would have to have like these college kids have no common sense and I think you would have to have some common sense to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I feel like with the with the pure just common sense that I have, I would I would easily survive this film. Uh, and what would I change about this movie? Actually, um, I I I would like the fact that there was never a sequel to be changed. I want a sequel. So last week I talked about how. The best horror film, Halloween, how I changed that it wouldn't have sequels. I want a sequel to this one. I just want one. And it doesn't even, it doesn't have to be a horror comedy sequel at all. It could just be like, what are they doing now? And it could just be a purely comedic movie, a buddy movie but with Tucker and Dale. Like that's or like heck, make it an alien invasion this time. Like I don't care. Just do something. Like Tucker, I want a sequel. Tucker to this and film. Dale do MTV Cribs. Sequel. Yes. Child stars of the nineties. Where are they now? Happy cabin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tucker and Dale. Where are they now? Yeah. Like that's the perfect film. I need to contact these actors and get this movie made. Uh -huh. That's my next project. 
Everybody go fund our Kickstarter, Tucker and Dale. Where are they uh, now? <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see what we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> so uh I, I talked for entirely too long. I think I talked for an entire 20 minutes ah. there. Nathan, what do you think is the best horror comedy of all time? Okay, so the in my opinion, the best horror comedy, and I know people are thinking, well, if a movie is your favorite, wouldn't you think that's the best? Not necessarily. Um, just because a, a movie might be the greatest in a genre, but it may not be your favorite, even though just like last week I discussed Halloween and Psycho, and I explained why I thought Psycho was the greatest slasher film of all time. Um, now, I will say that for a long time, this movie probably was my favorite horror comedy um but obviously i it, it's since passed but i still respect it for the great movie that it is and i think that it's the ultimate horror comedy and that is the movie army of darkness tell me you've seen army of darkness um you know i actually have seen army of darkness uh so i you know this was actually on my list, and earlier I wanted to give an honorable mention of 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 of, of Army of Darkness, but I was like, no, I'm going to hold off because I have a sneaking suspicion that's what Nathan chose. Now he didn't. I just full disclosure, he did not say anything to me about his favorites. He he told me numerous times his favorite and best. He told me numerous times like what I have is probably going to shock you. Now, before you get into all that, I will say, in my opinion. Um, Army of Darkness is the weakest film in the Evil Dead franchise, but that's because it's so tonally different. It is totally different. The first one it was just totally brutally horrifying, and then the first, the second one, you could, could you could consider a horror comedy, but it leaned very heavily on. Yeah, I, I think, and the the comedic crutch was just because he didn't want to do a second one, but right, the studio was like, we need you a second one, so he literally just remade the first one as a horror comedy. And then the third one, he just went straight for comedy. Yeah, exactly. So, so, um, yeah, I think that in, you're right. So like in the, in the first, in the first two, um, it was definitely, definitely a little more horror. And I, I think they were actually made to be scary. Um, and of course, um, mm-hmm. for anybody who knows, uh, Sam, Sam Raimi directed all three movies. Um, but great director, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, anybody who doesn't know Bruce Campbell, <laughs> by the way, uh, who, who plays Ash in all three movies, um, Bruce Campbell <laughs> <What are you doing? laughs> is the greatest actor of all time. I, I, I don't know that I really believe that, but, but Bruce Campbell is, no, is hold certainly on a second here. Let's 10. talk about this. like hands down Bruce Campbell, <laughs> top 10, love the guy. He's great. He's so, over the top, uh, just with with everything he does, um, just just over the top. Um, I mean, even his cameo in in the first Spider Man movie, um, uh, all three yeah. actually, yeah. Uh, it, so he, side tangent here. Speaking of Spider Man, and not to cut you off, and Bruce Campbell, did you know that Bruce Campbell was actually playing? Mysterio. Sam Raimi has come out and said it and confirmed it. That was going to be the 
Raimi Spider-Man's Mysterio, Bruce Campbell. I I actually did not know that. That's uh that's why he always sees Peter every like Peter always encounters him everywhere because Mysterio knows that he is Spider-Man and he always tries to do anything to ruin his life. Hmm. That is a uh, fun little tidbit. See, see this is why we're doing this show is so that we can talk about these movies and learn things that we did not know. Just like I will I will say since we're on the topic of things I did not know, um Impa Davids, who plays the uh, leading lady in Army of Darkness, uh, I I had no idea until recently, actually, um, that she's from Lafayette, Indiana, which is See, yeah, I didn't that's know just that. like you know, uh, like an hour and a half away from from us. Uh, we're we're yeah, huh, spoiler alert. We're in Indiana, um, in case anybody. They're gonna come kill us now. Come on, uh, man. we uh, we're gonna be murdered. We both live in a cornfield. Um, for anybody who doesn't live in Indiana, <laughs> Indiana is not just corn. Um, no, it's cornfields uh, and Bob Evans. Yeah, Thank you very much. We also don't have some. <laughs> God, I don't even know where I'm at anymore. <laughs> okay, so Army of Darkness. Um, this movie is. Is just ridiculous. Like in in like in every aspect <laughs> of the word, it is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. But it's so well done, <laughs> and it's so like it's it's so believably unbelievable. If that makes any sense at all, um, like <laughs> you're like I believe this would exactly, not happen. Exactly, but. <laughs> Yet it could. I I don't know. I'm I'm getting myself confused. <laughs> but, but no. <laughs> in in all seriousness, um Bruce Campbell really is great in this movie. And Bruce Cat like as Ash in all three movies, honestly, Bruce Campbell is great. But um we're talking Bruce Campbell with um you know a chainsaw for a hand um throughout part of the movie. <laughs> Which I mean, does it get any better than that? I don't think it does. Um, we're also talking um, Bruce Campbell, um, in I think it's supposed to be like the 14th century. So, so yeah, yes, yes. So, and he's got a for anybody who doesn't <laughs> know um, the trilogy of films. Basically, uh, in the first two, he's out in the woods um, in a cabin, opens up the Book of the Dead. things go terribly terribly wrong um at the end of the second film he's sucked into a wormhole goes to um goes back in time to the 14th century uh where he is now like a leader because well he has a boomstick aka shotgun uh and uh the boomstick of the gods Hold exactly. on. He said the boomstick of so, the gods. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, not to give uh, not to give the movie away for those of you who haven't seen it, but basically, um, he's kind of a bumbling idiot, but he's he's the smartest thing they they got there. <laughs> um, he accidentally opens up the the book there, um, and basically the the army of darkness arises and they have to to fight them off um 
Now, one thing I will say, I don't know if there's a genuinely scary f- scene in this movie. Um, oh, let me stop you right there. What, I what, think that what there do you is. think is the... When he, at the end of the movie, when it turns out it's just him telling a story, and then that old lady in the supermarket, because it turns out he just works at the supermarket, yeah. turns into a deadite. Like instantly, that, that, that scene. That I guess. I, I guess that if came we, out. We have to pick a, a, a scene. I, I would say. I would say that. Or um, I, I was also going to say the scene right after. Um, right after the 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 skeletons, the deadites start to to arrive. Um, <laughs> that scene kind of has a, a genuine, even though it's kind of silly. Um, I, I think there's there's a genuine scariness to the scene. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but now that you mentioned the, the, the end scene, um, that's actually my favorite line in the movie, which, which that scene, uh, was actually not the original ending. Um, the original ending, basically he goes, uh, they, he takes the potion, he goes to sleep and he sleeps way too long. Cause he takes one too many drops. He was told to take six. He actually takes seven. He counts five twice. Um, but he he sleeps too long, and he wakes up at a time where uh, basically the the earth has gone to to crap. Um, but anyway, uh, but when he but in the alternate ending, um, the one that most people know, uh, so he. Yeah, he's telling the story. Kills the deadite. Spoiler alert. Um, but it, in his own mind, he was thinking. He's telling himself like, "I I could have been king. They, you know, I could have stayed. I could have could have been king there, whatever." And he grabs the girl, and he, you know, spins her around. And he says, "Hail to the king, baby!" And he kisses her. And that is my favorite line in the movie. Don't know why, <laughs> but like, I guess because the line is so bruce campbell if that makes like it is 100 percent. he's just he's just great I, I don't know how else to put it um bruce campbell's just great now would i have survived this film um it's 14th century i don't know how to shoot a crossbow and the uh, the army, the the good guys, um, they most they mainly use and spears and swords, and I'm not trained in any of that. Um, so, just um, <laughs> until I get trained in in that, I, I probably would not survive this film. That kind of saddens me, but but. I would get to hang out with Ash for at least a little bit, and that part would be cool. Um, so yeah, so that is my <laughs> my pick for the greatest horror. Co- what uh, what 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 do you got? So I will say before I get to mine, uh, have you seen the the TV show Ash versus? You know, I, I I honestly have not. I've seen I've seen clips from it. Um, but I haven't watched the, the show. Um, I know it's very so over the, the top. Uh, of course. It, it is. But it's super good. 
the first season's very, very, very horror-oriented, as well as the second season. The third season, classically, uh, focuses a little bit more on the comedy while being like super amped up in the gore. But the ending to the third season actually goes with the original ending to Army of Darkness. Okay. Yeah, so the way that the third season ends, uh, like uh, without giving away too much, but also still talking about the ending, so spoiler alert, uh, this and this and this happens. And then Ash goes to sleep, <laughs> and then he wakes up in a very dystopian future, and he he gets his nice little white suit on, and he's like, what's going on? And this lady, who you've never met before, comes up to him, uh, and she's like, well, it's about time you're awake. Like, it was prophesized you'd wake up now. And he's like, I don't understand. And she's like, well, let's just say the world's gone to crap, and you're our king, and you're going to lead us into this fight to end this war once and for all. And he's like, all right. And he gets into this super futuristic modified Oldsmobile. It's literally his Oldsmobile that has been modified and it looks super futuristic, but it's still a big piece of crap box on the inside. And he fires it up and the, the show ends with him just saying groovy. And it's so good. The show, like you have got I, to watch the show. See, so that's good. two things I have to check out now. So. Uh, <laughs> and the show is on. My, my kids are gonna have to take an extra long nap so that I can, I can check <laughs> these things out. Send them away to grandma's. <laughs> now, so enough of that. Though. <laughs> uh, my, my, so what I think is the best horror comedy of all time is actually uh, a horror comedy that. A lot of people, at least my hope, is that a lot of people have have seen. Now, I think you know what I'm going to say. So, I'm just going to jump right into this. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is what I think is the best horror comedy. I, I had time. a feeling that's where you were going. So, Yo, God, I, this movie, like, it's called Shaun of the Dead. The synopsis is literally a man's uneventful life is disrupted by the zombie apocalypse. It stars Simon Pegg as Sean, uh, Kate Ashfield as Liz, and Nick Frost as Ed. Lucy Davis as Diane, which most of you might know Lucy Davis um, as Wonder Woman's right-hand woman in the first Wonder Woman film. Uh, the one who says she's going to have to use some fisticuffs. That's her. Um, and Dylan Moran as David. Uh, it was directed by Edgar Wright. It was written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. So that's a nice little, uh, you know, piece of tidbit for you. And this movie is literally a nice piece of fried gold. Uh, that's actually one of the things that they constantly say in the movie is, you know, how's that for a <laughs> slice of fried gold? But anyhow, like that's basically what you need to know about the movie is that it's literally about a man. Uh, whose life is very uneventful. His girlfriend actually uh, dumps him because he's always bringing his best friend, uh, Ed, Nick Frost, along everywhere they go. Uh, and they're always going to the same little pub all the time. And she just, 
it's like a broken record to her, and so she doesn't want anything to do with it. So he loses his girlfriend. He can't stand his stepdad. He hates him. There's actually one point in the film where he goes, did you know Phil touched me? And his mom turns around, and she goes, no, he didn't. <laughs> I just made that up just now. Like, he hates his stepdad, so he tries, he tries to do everything in his power to get his mom to hate him, too. Um, but, you know, the zombie apocalypse happens. And the best part about this movie um, is literally within mm, the first 15 minutes of the film, uh, first 10, actually, uh, when Sean and Ed go back to the pub, the Winchester, uh, and it's called that because there's a Winchester rifle right above the bar itself. Um, it is fully functional. Um, anyhow, Ed describes the entirety of the film <laughs> to the viewers in the first 10 minutes when they go back to the bar. In a drunken stupor, he explains the entire film to everybody. Like literally, scene for scene, act for act, he goes over the entire the entire film, and a lot of people did not pick up on that. But it literally plays out exactly what he says. Um, now, there's a lot of a lot of lines in this film that I absolutely love, like absolutely love. And I will say, it was really hard for me. Uh, really and i mean really really hard for me to choose uh and it's it's again it's more or less of a conversation um and i i'm gonna leave out this one because there is approximately uh geez one two i'm 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 thinking in my head now there's six (laughs) f-bombs in this one line by pete so i'm gonna leave that out of it um, Pete is actually uh, played by a wonderful actor for those of you who don't know um, his, his name is um, I always miss I always butcher the heck out of his last name uh, Peter Serafin Wicks uh, he voices Darth Maul uh, in the film Phantom Menace and he's also uh, Denaranian Saul or Sale in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, when he's like, they call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of a-holes. That's him. Uh, that's Pete. Um, and it's it's a pretty brutal line, uh, but it's, I think, how we all feel about, about work uh, in general. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with the the conversation between Sean and Ed when they're trying to, <laughs> when they're looking through Sean's uh, LPs for suitable records to throw at two <laughs> approaching zombies because they don't know what to do, and they're going through the, the records, and uh, <laughs> they're going through the records to throw them, and they're all Sean's. So Ed is asking him which one, which one he can throw, and he's like, "Purple Rain, no." Sign of the Times, definitely not. The Batman soundtrack, throw it. And he's like, he throws it, hits him right in the face. He's like, Dia Straits, throw it. Ooh, Stone Roses, um, no. And he's like, Second Coming, <laughs> I like it. Throws it anyway. He goes, ah, Saw Day. And he's like, yeah, but that's Liz's. Yeah, but she did dump you. And he just chucks it at the zombie. And then 
He stands up. He goes, oh, F this. I'm going to the shed. And he's like, but it's locked. He breaks in the shed and he gets like a cricket bat. Like, that's like the best line in like, that's the best conversation in the entire movie is they're just going through the records. And he's like refusing. Like, it's the end of the world. You're not going to use these anyway. And he's like, no, you can't throw that one. Like, it's, it's great. Now, in my opinion, though, uh, the best scene in the film is actually uh, when they're all just abusing the heck out of the bartender with uh, pool cues, and it's literally Queen's uh, Don't Stop Me Now playing. And their swings are actually, it was, if you look at the trivia of this film and you listen to the interviews of Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, the swings were unintended to match, like, they completely unintentional, but they matched up with the beat to Don't Stop Me Now. Uh, so that's literally one of the best scenes in the film. It's hilarious because they don't know what to do. There's nothing around. They all grab pool cues and they're just bludgeoning this old man with pool cues. <laughs> I can't even say to death because right, he's already right. dead because he's a zombie. But it's hands down the best scene in the film because it's so funny. Um, if I'm going to go into like, it's a movie that I feel like everybody has seen. And if you haven't, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? You've got to see this film. And there is a bit of, of, of genuine scare to this film. And it's weird because the film is so comical and it's got a lot of that, uh, that just great dry British humor, but there is actually some horror to this film. Um, there's there's actually a few scenes. Uh, the first scene that comes to mind immediately is after David has the argument uh, with Sean about, spoiler alert, killing Sean's mother. Um, and he, he, he apologizes to him, or he's going to, and the zombies break through the window and they pull David out and they literally rip his head off and they tear his arms off and they start in his legs off and they start digging into his stomach and you could see it being ripped open. The prop head that yeah, they it, used for that was did. so it real. Um, it, I mean, and this is a movie that was released in 2004. Like it looked so real. It was, it was disturbing because I hadn't really seen anything like that. Um, are, are really actually pretty time, good for it I being, mean, uh, for it being a comedy. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, in, in all honesty, I mean, there's there's a, but there's there's definitely a, an aspect of of comedy at least to zombie movies. Anyway, um, it's I mean, if you take for instance the the Night of the Living Dead. Uh, which this is basically a, a spoof of. Uh, the, there's a lot of scenes in that movie that are are comical, and some of it's just because of of the special effects. Um, you know, some of it's just because zombies. The idea of zombies are uh, are a little bit uh, comical in in the sense of you know eating brains. Uh, and things like that. So, so there's, there's definitely. Uh, so I, I think this movie is, is very well done in the sense that it, it plays on that. It feeds off of that, but it doesn't go, uh, doesn't go so over the top. Um, 
as to really like even though it's a spoof film doesn't feel like a spoof film if that makes sense yeah yeah like there, there's there's a there's a perfect line that it kind of marcel marceau's and it it, it doesn't um it doesn't cross either line too much into either threshold too much into the comedy uh too much into the, the horror either i mean granted this movie is filled with a little bit more comedy than it is horror but at the same time it's it's one of those rare films that is just perfect all around you could put it into the best zombie movies of all time you could put it into the just overall the best comedy movies of all time um like you can really you can really put this movie in a lot of categories and i think that's what makes it in my opinion the best is it's so versatile um, and everything that it is and can be when you really get into the brass tacks of the entire film and you break it down. Um, you take the zombies out, you have a movie about a guy with kind of a, a crappy, you know, on repeat life that gets his girl back. Spoiler alert at the end of the film. Um, who also loses his best friend. Uh, spoiler alert again. Ed does become a zombie in this film. But here's where the, the you know, the comedy kicks in. He keeps him in the shed to play video games with, and he 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 learns he learns to play video games. Like he's adapting the zombie is adapting exactly. It's, the, the, it's great. The like, ending. <laughs> I, I was actually getting ready to say that. So you you uh, you and I were kind of on the same page there. Where the in the in the end of this uh, zombie apocalypse and all this mayhem and everything else, um, there is a a heartwarming. Uh, finish to it all which 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 is kind of funny in and of itself because this this movie like it has that heartwarming touch at the end um but it is kind of nice that that uh they still get to play video games together yeah because that's kind of one of the first shots that you see of them together is playing video games yes exactly and so of course it's going to end with them playing video games um like it it really is just a great, it really is a great film. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see a film, at least at the time, this was the very first film I had ever seen. Uh, that was a zombie movie. that was funny. Um, but also like at the end of the film, the zombies aren't completely dead. It's a very contained situation though, but the world learns to live with the zombies. Like they make a game show, Zombait. They make a game show <laughs> out of it. Yes, like, yes I'm they quoting do. the movie. Like I know what like a small part in this 2004 movie is. Like it's just that good. Zombait. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> they 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 put like little pieces of meat at the uh, end of a. Uh, they put the zombies at the bottom of a uh, like one of those one of those inflatable uh, slides that's for water. And they put like the meat at the top, and they have like they try to watch the zombies walk up and to get the meat. Like it's great. And then it's you, wipe like, out you flip into the channels and yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Like you see a split second of it, but it's like I need this to be a real TV show. And uh, he's flipping through the channels, and you you see a girl, and she's like, uh, she's on a on a talk show, and the host is like, "You go to bed with it?" And she's like, "Well, yeah, it's my husband. I still love him." And it's like. You're going to bed with a zombie? <laughs> like the world is living with them. Like they're just like, eh, whatever. And like Sean's life is very normal at the end, and he gets to keep the girl. 
Um, and it's it really is like it really is a good movie because yes, it is. It, it's it's not it's not your traditional spoof movie. It it's not even your traditional parody movie either. Even though it is both of those things, it's it's a very 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 original movie that just so happens to be set in a very uh, uh, overused uh, zombie concept. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, would I have survived this film? Absolutely not. I'd probably be David and get pulled through a window and ripped apart. Um, or I'd be Ed living in the shed. <laughs> uh, about, but about not surviving. I, I, I personally, these I films, really don't so, think. Uh, you know, the, the fact that out of uh, the four main movies that we've talked about, the only one that I think either one of us would survive is The Babysitter. Um, being that on the technicality we don't need a babysitter, I, I think that says that maybe we need to hit the gym a little bit more <laughs> um, and and maybe not sit around and talk about so many movies. But uh, on second thought, nah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. I mean, I, I do I do, I do do a lot of workouts at home. I'm not going to sit here and toot my own horn. I know I don't look like it right hey, now, but hey, I, mean, that's, I try. That's all that matters, right? Effort. Maximum effort. Uh, that's a Deadpool reference. How you like that one? Anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know what just happened there. Okay. That was that was a little... <laughs> That's a great movie. That was a little. That was a little awkward. We just um, we just kind of stopped. Like, but for, uh, for hey, you know, <laughs> that's what this show is all about. It's about just uh, two guys um, stumbling and bumbling our way through through a couple movies, one um, cup a, a week, and uh, throwing random movie references uh, into uh, into the, the the topic, into the subject matter that have absolutely nothing to do with anything that we're talking about this week. So. <laughs> and, and I, I would like to, I would like to say like, uh, like we're, we're still going, uh, the mainlining movies part of the show is over. So if you guys want to stop listening, feel free. This is just like the little banter section of, 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 of the, the show that, you know, the podcast where, we just kind of talk amongst ourselves, you know, ask ourselves a couple questions. And it's not going to be forever. It's just, you know, a couple things, maybe some news uh, for, for, for all of you out there. Uh, I believe Nathan had a pressing question he wanted to ask me. But before we get to that, like, first of all, Nathan and I earlier today, we were both duped when it came to um, a cast, a casting that, uh, again, we we were duped by. So. I was looking into something. Uh, I even sent it to him, and then I found out that it was fake, and I was very mad. Um, I was looking into Adam Driver just to see what he's doing, because I feel like he'd be a great fit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, after there was talks of him playing Nightwing in Justice League, he did turn it down. Uh, this was years ago. Um, and I was like, man, he would be great in the MCU. And first thing that popped up, I just typed in, you know, Adam Driver, MCU, just to see, like, who people would fan cast him as. And it was like, hey, like, 100% confirmed, like, Adam Driver is the new leading frontman for Fantastic Four. He's playing Mr. Fantastic. And it was a whole article, and there was quotes and everything. And the quotes really sounded like something he would say. And I was like, what? This is awesome. So I screenshotted it, sent it to Nathan. And then I scrolled down, and it's like, hey, like, 
check out his full list of comments and what he said here. The link. <laughs> so I clicked the link and I got Rickrolled. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. crap. Yeah. Like, that's um, I was I crap. was gotta be honest with you. I was I was disappointed about this. I think that uh I think that Adam Driver would make a great Reed Richards. Um I know I mentioned that earlier, but uh um I don't know. I would, I would like to see him in the, the MCU um, a little bit. I think he was great as Kylo Ren. Uh, I think. He was the um, only saving grace of the Yeah, space, yeah. The well, of the, of the last. Really? You got to be specific. Of the last three, three Star Wars films. I don't think that Adam Driver was the savior of all nine films. Uh, I, I just, you know, people might be confused and no, no, be no, like, no. I said those whoa, what did this guy just say? Uh Yeah, no, the, the, I'll say it right now on record, and you guys can at me. You guys can fight me all you want. The prequels are the mm-hmm. best Star Wars films. That's the best trilogy that we've got. And, uh, you know, Revenge of the Sith you know, is the best we, Star Wars. We don't have time me. on this episode to uh, to go into the the depth of why you were so terribly wrong. But, but you know, part of it is because of our, our generational gap um, <laughs> where I'm older and wiser. Um you know, when you when you get to be my age, you'll probably you'll probably see things from a different view. Um, yeah, yeah, from a different point of view. Uh, Good is just a point of view. But uh, prequel quote for you. But yeah. Anyway, so um, I did mention to you that I, I had a question that I wanted to ask you, um, and I kind of kind of gave you a hint. Um, this actually comes from something I seen on Facebook. Uh, earlier today, and I, I thought it would be be good to discuss it on our on our podcast. Um, the question was: uh, name th- three characters that uh, I'm choosing film because this this podcast movies. Um, Um, I, I don't want to cut you off, but you did cut out a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, so could you the, restate the three, what it was? The three best characters, uh, the three memorable characters from um, from a movie, a, a TV show, or, or a literature. Um, so for, for this podcast, for the purposes of the podcast, we're, we're going to do uh, we're going to do film, and th- these are just. Um, the actors and the character they played that uh, just like just gave this amazing performance. Um, we're not we don't have to get into depth as to why. Maybe later on in an episode we can we can come back to this. Uh, but I was just kind of curious um, what what three performances for you uh, were were incredibly memorable. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll I'll go first so I can kind of give you an idea of what I'm what I'm talking about here. Um, now, now I did comment on this Facebook post. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, however, I am changing one of mine for uh, for the, the this purpose because um, I thought of it and I was like, you know what, this one actually, uh, this one actually, it, I think is better. Um, so the three that I pick are uh, Daniel Day Lewis as Bill the Butcher um, in the movie Gangs of New York. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, 
you have to see this movie. Uh, it's it also stars uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Great, great movie. Um, Daniel Day Lewis is incredibly scary as Bill the Butcher, um, and such a believable character. Uh, yeah, just just a great movie. Great actor. Uh, number two, I picked uh, Barry Pepper, um, who plays Joe Galloway in the uh, the movie We Were Soldiers. Um, he's actually a photographer in the war. Um, kind of, kind of a long story short, he's actually the one that that helped uh, Harold Moore uh, tell the story that this is a true story. But um, Barry Pepper's performance in that movie is just—it's amazing. And, and you really forget that he's acting. Um, so he's so believable. The The third one that I would pick is Bill Mosley as Otis in the Devil's Rejects movies. Um, that guy is scary. Oh yeah. And I think, oh my goodness. We, I think we should do an episode where we count down like terrifying, maybe the, the scariest scenes or scariest lines from um, from horror movies, because I think. In my opinion, um, I'm, I'm not going to say it here because if we get to an episode, I, I want to save it. But I think he has one of the scariest scenes. Uh, and in fact, AMC agrees. Um, it was like number 20 on a, on a countdown at, at one point in time I've seen. Um, but anyway, Bill Mosley is Otis in Devil's Rejects, especially. Um, he, he had a, a, a scarier part in Devil's Rejects than he did in House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, but yeah, he is just amazing in Devil's Rejects. So uh, yeah, that's the three that I uh, I picked. the uh, The one that I I put on Facebook that I I changed was John Malkovich as Cyrus the Virus in Con Air. Um, I think he is great in Con Air. I love John Malkovich, but uh, yeah, I changed it for Bill Mosley. So uh, I'll let you go now. Okay. Interesting, interesting. No, I I agree with those. I do. Um, I think I'm going to show my age a little bit here uh, with some of these. So three performances by actors or actresses um, that really stood out to me as just absolutely solid and just what us young kids call God tier, right? These performances, and what what I think what I think you're saying is, the performance is so good. Either a you forget it's acting, or b they are that person. You cannot see them without seeing that character. You cannot mention that character's name, no matter how many people have played them, or whether there's like this incarnation of them, this incarnation of what have you, without seeing this one particular person. So. The first one that immediately comes to mind is Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Because Robert Downey Jr. is not acting when he's playing Iron Man. He is 100% Tony Stark. And I think they did an absolute perfect job of casting him. I think he he really is... He, I that, would definitely him. agree with like, that. That yeah. is 100% him. He's got... He has the look He's got the person. He's got everything. Like that. When I first saw that, I, I immediately, you know, after after years, and I mean years, of reading my dad's old Iron Man comics and, and seeing how he was drawn, 
And when I first saw him on screen, I was like, wow, like this was this what this was perfect. Like this, this guy, like they got him and they did like and, 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 and look, you know, here we are. My goodness, 12 years later, the man who kicked off the MCU has an entire legacy for it. And people are still clamoring for him to come back. Not because they're like, oh, we can't continue going without Iron Man. Or like, oh, the MCU needs Iron Man. But just because he was so perfect. It's not because they're like, oh, we can't do it without him. This universe needs it. No, it's just because he is Iron Man, no matter what anybody says. Like, I know you, I know you said oh, you don't really have to give why, but like, I, I feel like I really had to um, for that. And that, that man right there, Robert Downey Jr. with Iron Man in 2008, um, he kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which has consumed. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would definitely, I would, I would definitely I, I, agree it, with you on. Uh... And uh, sorry, you, you cut out for just a second. I, I heard you, but like I want—I didn't want to talk just in case you were still talking when it came back in. Um, little, little bit of connectivity issues tonight, but it's okay. Um, and so, number two, God, I—I'm sorry. I—I I, I want to do a whole special episode, uh, just really talking about uh, what the Marvel Cinematic Universe films mean to us. But we'll get to that at a later date. Um, Anyhow, um, number two, Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Absolute standout. So whenever I say the name Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, even though I was raised watching the original trilogy, like the original trilogy, um, and like, that's what I started off with. Like I was born in 96. Uh, the prequels hadn't come out yet. I did see Phantom Menace in the theater. It's actually the earliest memory I, I have in general is going to see the Phantom Menace in the theater. And of course, you know, like growing up, those were my Star Wars films. Like those were what, that, that's what was released for me and with me. However, Ewan McGregor is just such a fine actor. I will never see Ewan McGregor in any movie ever and not be like, it's Obi-Wan. Like in Doctor Sleep, I'm like, hey, <laughs> Obi-Wan's got some cool power. Like I he's Obi-Wan. Like that's that's Obi-Wan, you know? In train spotting, I'm like, dang, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi's a drug addict. This is terrible. Like, like he's he is Obi-Wan. Like a lot, a lot like Robert Downey Jr. with Iron Man. Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and I feel like he really did fill the shoes of Alec Sir Alec Guinness, uh, and also ran in them as well like he did so well uh and i think they picked the perfect guy for that i really do uh now my third one this one is actually going to be uh a little a little different but i i feel like there's just so many that really that really really do stand out but this one here uh, Christoph Waltz as Hans Landa in Inglorious Bastards, the 2009 one by Quentin Tarantino, or you know it was it was Quentin and Tarantined by directing, 
you know, written no. So <laughs> it's a that's a meme going around right now. Uh, I was gonna say Lieutenant Aldo Rain, you know, Brad Pitt, but Christoph Waltz as Hans Landa is terrifying. I would I would agree like, with it. He's definitely almost oh as scary in that gosh, movie as he... like as Daniel Day Lewis is as, as Bill the Butcher in Gangs of New York. And it's 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 terrifying yeah. because that's real. The, like he he plays a Nazi in this film, and they were and still very much are. Uh, granted, it it be neo, but Nazis were and very much still are real. And when you have a man who, quite frankly, is is, I mean, look 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 at Christoph Waltz, like. He looks like he's always having fun, and it's it's interesting yeah. because that was the first movie that really set his his career off. And the man is is sixty four. I I didn't realize he was that old. So like you do the math, he was born in fifty six. You know he's, yeah yeah he got he he didn't uh, he didn't really get big until really late in his career, um, but. It's it's really cool because Christoph Waltz is actually German. Uh, he's an Austrian German, so you know, don't get it twisted. Uh, he's mainly been active in the United States, and like he he speaks so many languages. Like he speaks a ridiculous amount of languages, and he's just super talented. And you can really see it in this film. Like, yeah, the opening. Uh, I think it's the first chapter or whatever. When, when just by speaking to this man, the, the, the guy is crying because he's just that intimidated as this Nazi officer. Like he's asking him, like, it's just really routine questions that this guy has, 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 has said before, he's been through it a hundred times. It's nothing new because he's, he is harp, he's, he's, you know, harboring Jews under his floor. And he said it again, like it's, He's something he's been through a bunch of times, but it's never something he's been through with Christoph Waltz. And just by speaking to this, this Hans Landa character, the guy starts crying and he tells him like, yeah, throw him at the floorboards. Like he gives them away. It's he's, he's a menacing character. And that's, that's something I will always remember. Yeah, Christoph I, Waltz I would as definitely, Hans. I would definitely, no matter uh, what he does. So the thing about this is, is there's, there's, there's no wrong answer. Um, and I think that all all six of the, these, and you're right. There's there's a ton of performances that are uh, that I you know we could have named. Those are those were the first three that I thought of. I guess first four that I thought of. Uh, and uh, yeah, there, there's there's no wrong answer to this. It's uh, the, and that's and that's the beauty of of doing this podcast too. I think is that uh, there's no wrong answers. We we might disagree or have different opinions, but I don't think there's a wrong answer because it's just uh, it's movies that touched us or actors that touched us. Um, not named Charlie Sheen. Um, well, I'm sorry, that was a distasteful joke. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, but no, it's just it's it's uh, it's movies that that we we really enjoyed or or just you know hit us the right way. Um, so there's no wrong answer to uh, to any of these questions. Um, it's just, it's fun conversation to, to really, um, defend our opinions. Um, uh, but just to really 
um, you know, kind of kind of unwind from the uh, grind of everyday life, uh, and and just talk about movies, talk about something that we that we really enjoy uh, in in this way. Um, And two things before we decide to sign off here. Number one, uh, we're both wrong. Uh, the greatest standout performances of all time is Paul Schreier and Jason Narvi <laughs> as Bulk and Skull from, respectively, from Power Rangers. So, uh, we... <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> no, but uh, the second thing is 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 just to reiterate what you said. Like we love this so much, and we decided to do this podcast because we can't talk about this all day at work. Like here, like this, this podcast is going on an hour and a half now, which we did not mean to make it so long. We just love it so much. Like we've done that at work before and we've, we actually stayed over two hours, three hours almost just to (laughs) catch back up. what we missed out on because we were talking about movies and, and, and wrestling and just, being not waste wasteful with our time, but talking a little bit too much about something yeah, yeah, that we absolutely. could put into a nice and, little uh, happy to, medium to share to, with you guys. To clarify, um, uh, not meaning to go this long, we are going to try to keep this at about an hour. Um, we we did go obviously long tonight, um, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll try to keep it about an hour. We 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 know that you guys probably don't want to listen to us talk this long. Uh, but he, he is right. We're just we're just having a lot of fun, uh, and and uh, talking about something that we really enjoy, and we we hope you guys are too. And just uh, to, to reiterate a point that we made earlier, we do have a Facebook page. It's literally just called Mainlining Movies. Uh, we're working on getting a cover photo. Uh, Nathan and I are probably going to take a photo together for the the cover photo at the next guys night that we've got. Uh, we have those about once a month. No, none of you are invited. You're all invited. Don't ask us. Uh, only kidding. Uh, we will post these. <laughs> we'll post these Spotify and Anchor links uh, on Facebook uh, so you guys can listen to these episodes uh, and please share your ideas, share your thoughts. Um, what what do you think is the best horror comedy of all time? What is your favorite? Also, going to last week, what is your favorite slasher film? What is the greatest slasher film of all time, in your opinion? Uh, let us know. And also, please tell us what we could be doing better. Tell us what we could change. Um, and tell us what we could not do at all. Just don't tell us to shut up and stop talking about movies. I think that should be our sign-off for the day. So remember, everybody... Keep main lining movies, and we will see you next time. I've been Hayden, and he's been Nathan. No, nothing. He's not even going to say bye. Later, guys. I've been Hayden. He's been Nathan.